0: In one sense of the phrase, Charlottesville Community Engagement has now come full circle, as this is the 360th edition. That coincides with April 6th, 2022, but there is not necessarily a correlation. But the hope is that this edition and every other installment causes you to know more than you did before. I'm your host, John Tubbs. On today's program, Charlottesville Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders asks City Council for their feedback on how to meet Charlottesville's goal of putting $10 million a year towards affordable housing. The U.S. House of Representatives votes to support NATO, and two area congressmen vote against the resolution. A quick profile of the Fashion Square Mall from the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce, and Louisa County doubles the amount of a tax rebate for a developer to pay for a regional wastewater pump station. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, Camp Albemarle for 60 years has been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a civilian conservation Corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure that was built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every 4th and 5th grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If the campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemaroba.org. The U.S. House of Representatives voted 362 to 63 yesterday on a resolution to uphold the founding principles of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization and to make clear that the organization stands for shared democratic values, small d democratic values. House Resolution 831 was introduced by Virginia Congressman Gerald Connolly in December and made its way through the House Committee on Foreign Affairs before being up for a vote yesterday. NATO's founding document signed here in Washington, D.C. on April 4, 1949, this very week. It's clear NATO is an alliance of democracies. The preamble to the treaty notes the determination of allies to, quote, safeguard the freedom, common heritage and civilization of their peoples founded on the principles of democracy. The House clerk read the roll. On this vote, the yeas are 362. The nays are 63. Nine of Virginia's 11 members of the House of Representatives voted for the resolution, which also calls for the establishment of a center for democratic resilience within NATO headquarters. The resolution comes at a time when NATO forces are keeping a close eye on Russia's war against Ukraine, which is not a NATO member. Both 5th District Rep. Bob Good and 6th District Rep. Ben Klein voted against the bill. When a developer asks for a rezoning to build a larger number of units than otherwise would be allowed by right, sometimes there are agreements with the locality to provide infrastructure. When the Louisa Board of Supervisors approved the Crossing Point development at Zion Crossroads in December of 2019, they entered into an agreement with the developer for a $250,000 real estate tax rebate in exchange for construction of a regional wastewater pump station on the site. Here is Economic Development Director Andrew Wade before the Board of Supervisors earlier this week.
1: That pump station is a regional pump station in nature, which means it serves multiple properties in that in that area in the Zion uh, growth area, not just the uh, Crossing Point PUD.
0: Wade said the developer has requested an increase to $500,000 due to the rising cost of construction.
1: Price of the regional pump station. Uh, over the course of three months, has gone up from $650,000 to approximately $1.3 million um, due to material pricing and construction inflation and things of that nature.
0: Wade said the Louisa County Water Authority will own the pub station when it is completed. The rebates won't begin until after it is operational. Supervisors agreed unanimously to proceed. Construction on the crossing point development is soon to begin, according to Wade. There will be 321 dwelling units and 138,000 square feet of commercial property at the location. Special thanks to Tammy Purcell of Engage Louisa for helping out with this story. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission is currently overseeing a small area study for the growth area that straddles both Louisa and Fluvanna counties. The next public meeting for the Zion Crossroads Gateway Plan is April 19th. Every now and then, the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce writes up a profile of a business in the area. This time around, their staff asked the leasing and marketing manager of Fashion Square Mall a series of questions, including to mention recent success stories, In response, Athena Emin said that there have been three new stores opening at the mall in recent months and many more are coming up soon. Fashion Square Mall opened in 1980 and has been through a string of owners. The property sold at foreclosure last year and was purchased by a firm called Charlottesville JP 2014-C21 LLC for $20.2 million and that deal closed on September 30th according to Albemarle County Property Records. Now the property is managed by JLL, and Emmons wrote that they are actively seeking to become a unique destination. After all, Fashion Square Mall is the area's only indoor shopping experience, and she said that there are affordable commercial properties available for lease for small and large businesses. To learn more, you can read the rest of the profile on the Chamber's website, and don't forget the Easter Bunny will be there through April 16th. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for another second Patreon-fueled shout-out. Speaking of shopping centers, lovers of used books rejoice. The Friends of the Jefferson Madison Regional Library are back again with their annual spring book sale, this time taking place at Albemarle Square Shopping Center in the former location of the Northside Library. This goes on through Sunday, April 10th, and they're there from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day. There's still time to go get a book and visit jmrlfriends.org to learn more. See you there! We've got plenty of time for one last segment from a work session earlier this week, returning back to the theme of affordable housing. When Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders joined Charlottesville's management team last July, he more or less filled a vacancy for a lower position that had been open for a year.
1: I became your housing coordinator right away because we didn't have one.
0: Around the same time, Sanders was clocking into City Hall for the first time. Council had agreed to spend an additional $165,000 to pay the consultant HRNA advisors to review how the city has spent its affordable housing funds since 2010. Council had a work session with that firm on March 21st, but Sanders wanted to share his views. I have been
1: spending a lot of time observing, reviewing, questioning complaining, evaluating, and testing all of what we do, how we do it, why we do it, and trying to figure out what else can we do to make it all run more smoothly and definitely run better.
0: HRNA found that the city has spent $46.7 million on affordable housing programs since 2010.
1: Question that you should be asking is, is that good? The answer is yes, but good is relative, uh, especially because, um, You will never spend enough in affordable housing. I think most communities have found that um, around this country. And because the markets are constantly changing, there's always a need to do a little bit more, a little bit more, and a little bit more.
0: Sanders said the report found that 1,611 affordable units were constructed or preserved and that 640 additional households were served by other programs.
1: Can we do better and can we do more? And the answer is, of course you can. But how will that decision get made? How often will you commit more? Uh, How much more? And when? Every one of these questions are critically important to managing a program, and knowing the cap helps to manage the many expectations.
0: Sanders said there is a need to make sure that the funds are spread around and that many different types of organizations need to have access. There's also a need to make sure that council has accurate data about what has happened to inform future decisions. In March of 2021, Council adopted the Affordable Housing Plan, which calls upon the city to invest $10 million a year for the purpose of affordable housing. A previous goal had been $4 million a year, but a big push for investment in affordable housing was made after the events of the summer of 2017.
1: 2020 was clearly a turning point, and we see that as the shift to this whole notion of the $10 million being a good number. We know that. There are a lot of organizations that have already made it clear that $10 million is not enough. Ideally, um, for us internally, we, we look at the fact that you endorse the affordable housing plan at $10 million a year for 10 years, and it'll be our priority to help you get there.
0: Other metrics in the analysis seek to measure the cost-effectiveness of funding spent so far. Sanders said that for those organizations who are constructing new units, the cost per unit is higher. However, competitiveness between proposals would encourage those entities to seek out private funding to help leverage city investment.
1: But your priority would also be that you expect that they do go look in other places to bring additional dollars to the table so that that number doesn't continue to grow.
0: There are also demographic measures that seek to determine how funding is meeting equity goals.
1: We only see black and white um, uh, as a comparison. One thing that we have to remember in the equity space is that we need to make sure that we're considering the other minority populations in in our community that also deserve attention to be paid uh, to their particular housing situations
0: as well. But funding is one thing. The question is whether the city is managing its programs effectively and what can be done better to make them more effective. In his presentation, Sanders identified several problems.
1: We don't know how many affordable units still exist from those that we funded. That's that's accurate. We don't know even for how much longer they're going to exist, but we got to do better and there's work to be
0: done there. Sanders said there is not an internal mechanism for the city to keep track. That will take more information from partner organizations that receive the funding. He said the city needs better tools to ensure compliance with the rules. We
1: don't have the best agreements in play. They're not all. They're not the comprehensive set of agreements that we would use that would ensure that we could capture the information that we are denoting who is responsible for reporting said information on what schedule. And, and that way we can then go back to them and get what we want.
0: Another question for council is if they want to come up with an official definition for affordable housing for the city, meaning what level of household income should be served by city funding.
1: I think it is important for us to be able to define it for the community at large. It helps our partners understand what that means to you as the council, but it also helps staff understand how to do the work that it is that they've been charged to do.
0: Sanders wanted to know what each counselor thinks about that $10 million for affordable housing. Is it a commitment or is it an aspirational goal? City Councilors Brian Pinkston and Michael Payne said they expect the city to spend that amount. Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook thought it was more of a goal.
1: I'm willing to average, which makes it a goal, but it's not a commitment for me. Furthermore, we don't have the authority to bind future councils as a commitment.
0: Sanders also wanted to know if council wanted to consider whether the land trust model should be a priority.
1: That's that's an opportunity for you to add an item to your affordable housing toolbox. There are a lot of communities today that are wrestling with the idea of how can we make it more affordable because simply building it isn't necessarily making it work for everyone.
0: Sanders said this could take the form of the city setting up its own land trust or working with the one that is now operated by the Piedmont Housing Alliance after being incubated at the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. Counselor Brian Pinkston said he thought it could continue to be maintained outside of city government
1: what i don't want to do is is invest in a bunch of rework if what pha or whoever has is working as long as we've got you know solid guardrails
0: to make sure that that's um being done in a transparent way with oversight from us sanders also said there's a need for better coordination between the groups that offer support services for homeless individuals he said the status quo is not enough
1: we locally with all of our housing providers, can acknowledge we have gaps and there's no one in that gap. So if there's no one in the gap, if you're running a good affordable housing program, you stand in the gap. So what we need to be able to do is to figure out how do we get in the gap in the right way with the right resources to successfully close that gap.
0: That could mean the expansion of an existing organization through more city funding or creating a new one. He said the decisions still have to be made.
1: But you don't know any of it if you don't do the assessment work, you don't do the analysis work, and you don't ask the
0: questions. Counselor Cena McGill said she would like to see more attention toward homeless individuals.
1: I am getting growingly concerned because regretfully we are back to, it looks like numbers that we were before
0: um, the crossings opened. The Crossings was one of the earliest beneficiaries of the Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund and was constructed by Virginia Supportive Housing. That agency has partnered with Piedmont Housing Alliance and the Thomas Jefferson Area Coalition for the Homeless on a second facility to be built at Premier Circle on U.S. 29 in Albemarle County at the site of the former Red Carpet Inn. Sanders also briefed counselors on the reality that future city funds will be tied up to meet the obligations of previously approved projects that include tax rebates, such as the one that Piedmont Housing Alliance will get for Friendship Court.
1: And those are going to come uh, for payment beginning with PHA for Friendship Court in FY24. We estimate it's going to be roughly $200,000 a year for what that is going to cost the city itself to rebate uh, for those improvements.
0: All of the redevelopment projects underway by the Charlottesville Redevelopment Housing Authority will employ the same mechanism, another cost to the city over years, that will have to be measured.
1: It's the the same synthetic TIF scenario in that whatever tax obligation that would be due would not necessarily be paid and the city would be covering it.
0: In conclusion, on the definition of affordable housing, Sanders has this perspective.
1: So I always like to say it's not about affordable. We don't need to be focused on the word affordable. Our focus is on the word attainable.
0: Council ran out of time at this work session to answer all of the questions. Later in the night, they would meet again to approve a new Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund committee, new purposes for the existing Housing Advisory Council, and to allocate projects from the Charlottesville Area Housing Fund. More on those items, as well as a 4-1 to one vote to approve a rezoning on Grove Street extended in future editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But that is it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a program that has become full circle. 25 months ago or so, I launched something called Charlottesville Quarantine Report when meetings had gone virtual. And as soon as I hit send on this one today, I'll be going to the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors to take a picture. I'll still be recording it from home because that's just more efficient. In the past two years or so, I've managed to try to make it so I can cover a lot of little things through this program each and every day I try to gather as much as I can so I can bring you this program uh, usually in the right direction and in Virginia as opposed to Indiana where there are actually two Charlottesvilles late breaking news but of course this is all made possible by listeners such as yourself and of course readers who are not hearing this but I should say that it really is readers and listeners alike who are helping to really get this going and to they've helped me get it off the ground. Now let's see where we can go into the future. There will be an episode 720 one day, but of course, if you would like to support the program, the best way you can do that is through Ting. You can subscribe through Substack and the company Ting will match that. In the bottom of the written newsletter, you can see a link to all sorts of things that they offer if you sign up with them for high-speed internet. Uh, There's also Patreon, which you can contribute to in order to find town crier productions that's the company that oversees all of this work and uh, i'm really glad and excited to be able to talk to you about this and to talk to you with you about all manner of things in our community i'm sean tubbs uh stay uh stay informed and of course that's what you do by listening to this program stay classy that's another thing you can do and anyway i'm gonna stay sean tubbs and i'm gonna stay ready to report into the future goodbye